Good evening and welcome to another episode of Hidden for the Cycle. I'm your host, Hank and Dichter, and got a pretty good episode for you tonight. A lot of crazy things have happening just recently with the trade deadline approaching us. And right off the bat, we've got a few comments. And um, <laughs> John Rankin is expressing my thoughts right about now. This is banana land. The Yankees just got... Anthony Rizzo from the Chicago Cubs. I don't have as much details about the trade right now because it's just happened, but we'll be talking about it more. And um, John Rankin, appreciate the love. If you guys want to leave any comments and interact and share your thoughts about this whole trade deadline madness, please do so right now, just like John did. You'll find the comment section right below. But first, obviously, we got to talk about some of these uh, Yankees, uh, the Yankees and the Mets, the uh, Yankees obviously had a big series against the Boston Red Sox and, um, you know, did not go pretty well. The Yankees lost three out of four in this series. The first game, Chad Green ended up blowing a save. Kike Hernandez hit a two-out double. The Red Sox tied it. And then Brooks Krisky throws, like, four wild pitches, and Boston ends up coming back to win that game. Crazy game. Two home runs from Rafael Devers off Garrett Cole. The next day, lift the Sox to, to a win, and... Not so fun fact, Raphael Devers hit his 99th and 100th career home run against the Yankees. Not surprising considering he has happened to make a habit of killing the Yankees over the course of his career. Cough, cough, August 13th, 2017 against Aroldis Chapman. And then the one game the Yankees won, though, they kind of lucked out. Nathan Yavaldi pitched seven shutout innings, and that was a game that obviously everyone thought was going to be a loss, but then they rallied with four runs. Rudnett Odor, who had a really good series, had his biggest hit. Game tying double off the monster, and then Glaber drove him in with another go ahead RBI single. And Chapman, you know, try despite his best efforts, he got that save. The Yankees would go on to win four to three. And, you know, the next day they were up four nothing. You thought, okay, they're going to get the split. Domingo Herman does not give up a single hit against the Boston Red Sox. But, you know, of course, the Yank it's the Yankees Red Sox. The Red Sox this year just. They have those clutch genes. I don't know what it is. I think the Red Sox just have that mentality where they will never give up no matter what the circumstances are. They big comeback win for them. When Alex Verdugo hit that double, I think we knew the Yankees were not going to win that game because let's face it, Herman was exhausted after that. And then not to mention yet an awful bullpen coming in. And that was pretty much the dagger and yeah, bad loss for the Yankees. And, um, uh, now, I think that this would be the 
perfect time to bring in our special guest for today. Probably the first Rays fan I've ever met and one of my good friends, Brett, a.k.a. Brody Love. How's it going, my guy? Hey, how are you? It's nice to be here. Yeah, no, I've been looking forward to having you on the show for a while. I've, I've been looking. You're probably the first Rays fan that came to mind. Actually, the only Rays fan that came to mind. I'm not surprised as being the only Rays fan I know. So I'm not surprised that I'm the first Rays fan on here. There's not that many Rays fans, especially in New York. So it's it's a nice feeling. Now, I don't know if we've talked about this before over the past three or four years that we've known each other, but how did you become a Rays fan? I, I forgot to Well, I it all happened like when I was a kid. My family used to take trips down to Tampa. Mm-hmm. It's just like – well, I was into baseball. I didn't really find my team. I was like kind of rooting for the Mets for a little bit because my family's all Mets fans. Mm-hmm. But then I saw like a Rays game, and I'm talking like Longoria, Upton, Crawford Rays, like 2000, like the year before 2000, like 2007 season. Right. So that's when I was like, you know what? I'm gonna root for this team. They see they seem like a fun group of guys. And I've stuck with them ever since. And I mean, I'd say it's been a it's been a, it's been a fun ride because they've had the highs, they've had the lows, and they've hit those in betweens as every team does. But it's it's been it's been a wild ride. Yeah, no, you came to them at like the perfect time, right as they were starting to get good, right as they had that miracle ride, and right as they kind of became one of those teams you just never made deals with, and um. What's it been like rooting for a small market team for all those years and staying faithful despite being like so far away from them? It's it's the biggest it's the one of the most annoying things because they're obviously not going to go after like the big guys. They're not getting like their superstar free agents. They're not getting Judge, Stanton, whatever their free agents. They're not going to go after those big names. But they're going to get like guys like Austin Meadows. He was he was a stud as a young guy on the Pirates, which obviously they love to just give everyone away that has talent. But they just pluck the right guys when they're young. So it's they kind of like they're very like they're similar to the Dodgers, but they don't have the money. Right, right. They they don't have the money, but they they make it work somehow. It's like the Dodgers, the Cardinals, all those teams, they make deals. They know what they're doing. But the Rays just, they don't have the money, but they know what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. They've had a lot of good front office guys, Heim Bloom and Andrew Friedman. Andrew Friedman, who incidentally is now the GM of the LA Dodgers, is an example. That, that and Heim Bloom, he's already working his magic with the Boston Red Sox, and you see how they're doing, unfortunately, for both of us. Yeah. But uh, now let's get to this series against the Yankees. Obviously – the first game, the Yankees ended up winning four to three. I, the, you guys ended up chipping away at this game. Chad Green, despite his best efforts, kept it close. And yeah. this was actually the first game in a long time that I really saw Roldis Chapman dominate. Granted, he let Wander Franco on first base with a walk at the end, but he got Nelson Cruz out at the end of the game. What were your thoughts going into this series? Going in, I, I had a feeling because the Rays love to do this after the All-Star break, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later. But right. The Rays love to, like, just pretend like it's the beginning of the season. Like, they'll love to, like, mm-hmm. like all right, we'll reset. All-star break happened. All right, everything's A-OK. They'll lose, like, the first two series, and then they'll be like, oh, 
right. It's almost time for the playoffs. We got to get good. And it's it's insane because they always seem to like kick in at the right moment. Like today, like I didn't like I was I was driving home. I was like, oh, God, I've been up to talk about the race getting swept, aren't I? And then I see the notification 14 to nothing final. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm hoping that this is the start. I'm really praying because 14 to nothing is that that we outscored you in one game in the whole series. Yeah, if we do the math, I think you pretty much outscored us. Let's see, 14 plus 3 is 17 plus 1 is 8. Yeah. 18 to 5, I think. I know my math generally sucks, but yeah. 18 to 5, I think. Like That I just was, shows you that baseball is a funny game. And it's as, such a weird game. Like, you'll lose the first two. Like, I honestly think the reason, like, this is going to sound like such a cop-out, mm-hmm. but the Rays and extra innings do not go well together. They never have. Right. They never will. Like, especially with this rule. I hate this rule. It's the runner on second. It's one of my least favorite things about baseball. I heard something that they were getting rid of it. I don't know if that's true. I think they are next year, which I I think every one of us can agree. Thank goodness. That rule is just such an abomination. It's it's a, the point of baseball is to play until there's a winner. It's not like, oh, yeah, 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 you got a charity runner on second. Like, no. That sounds like those Little League Ghost Runner games. It's it's literally straight out of Little League. But, yeah, no, it's – that was a weird series. And, you know, I'll tell you what. This might sound like a hot take, but Nelson – Nelson – sorry, I'm butchering his name. Nestor Cortez has probably been one of the more reliable Yankee pitchers over the past few weeks. It's strange that might sound. It's hard to come by for you guys. A reliable bullpen guy. Oh no, he's not just a bullpen guy. He started the second. He can game. do everything. He's 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 a very raised pitcher. He's yeah. Nestor Cortez is like that rare Yankee pitcher that can start and relieve. And I think I kind of had a feeling that the Yankees were going to win with him starting because of because of the hot streak he had this year. And I'm going to be honest too. Even though Garrett Cole was starting the third game, I wasn't confident that the Yankees were going to win this. Now, granted, I know you and I were both seeing each other at work all day and <laughs> you were all dismayed about how the Yankees were going to be like probably lose that series but or sweep us, but you know what? I wasn't as confident. And the reason being is the Yankees record. You know what the record is going into a series with a chance to sweep? 4 and 10. 4 and 10. Like they can never they can never put their foot on like on another team's throat. They never like Every time you have a chance to feel good about the Yankees this season, there's always something or or some other team, some bad moment that just gets in the way and reminds you why they're in third place to begin with and why they were kind of up and down, up and down to begin the season. So that really wasn't a surprise. What did surprise me, however, was I did not expect Garrett Cole to implode the way he did. I mean, he gave up a three-run home run in the first inning to Austin Meadows. Who- that, that I will disagree with. If you look back, look back at last year in the playoffs, the Rays read Garrett Cole like a book. The guy who I expected to do better against Garrett Cole was G-Man Choi. I mean, he didn't have a horrible – he had a good game today. But there's something about him and Meadows. They can hit Cole. Right. They're, they're not afraid of Cole. I don't, I don't know if there's anything with Meadows being a pirate – and Cole being a pirate. I don't even, were they there at the same time? I'm not sure. I think. Uh, no, 
No. no. But something there's something with Austin Meadows hitting home runs off of Garrett Cole. Obviously, that home run that Judge should have should have caught at any other ballpark right. last year in the ALDS. But I think that the Rays against Garrett Cole are confident because yeah. I, I I've said it for a while. I think Garrett Cole is. This is going to sound very biased, but I think he's pretty much overrated. I think he he people, especially Yankee fans, tend to build up Garrett Cole a lot more. Like right. they're like, oh, he's the best pitcher in New York. That's not even remotely true. Right. You got a guy on on the Mets that is out of this world. I don't Listen, think you know. Human. I'm not going to argue with you on that. I, I don't think he's human, Degrom. I've been saying it on this show many times, so you, you're not going to get any arguments from me. <laughs> it's unfair that guy, and he's it's a shame he's hurt. It really is, and we'll probably get to that team a little bit later, but. Where here's where I was surprised. It wasn't so much the Austin Meadows home run. I'll give you that. You're right that Austin Meadows has been one of many in a long line of Yankee killers. Probably really the first Yankee killer that you guys have had, maybe since Evan Longoria, if I can really think of any good Rays that killed the Yankees. But the 10 run inning, that was unexpected. You put up like a football score. I thought it was like Buccaneers 14, Giants, I think. Oh, wait, wrong sport. My bad. But I'm gonna mind right now. My favorite Ray is Brett Phillips. And yeah, no, he's he has been he's the funniest guy from his pitching, from when he came out of the bullpen, from him at the All Star game as an analyst. He's the most and one of the most entertaining baseball players I've ever seen. He really is. I he's I love an entertaining guy. And yeah, you guys are really respectable too. Like you have a lot of good personalities. You don't have too many stars, and, you know, it's interesting. You guys only had one All-Star. It was Mike Zanino, right? <laughs> Mike Zanino, and he did something in the All-Star game, which was the – oh, that was the loudest I've ever screamed for Mike Zanino, besides last year in the playoffs. You know who the last Ray to hit a home run in the All-Star game was? Good trivia question was, for you. It was Crawford – I think – no, it was – the last Ray's home run I know was Crawford in 2007. I, or six. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, no, oh seven. It was the it was in San Francisco. It the was Ray Zero had the inside the park home run. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's pretty crazy, and really goes to show you the Rays are really an interesting squad. Now, obviously, I think we got to talk a little bit about the trade deadline too. For oh, you guys. It's, it's insane. Nelson like, Cruz. I remember telling you that you guys got Nelson Cruz, and you were you were pretty ecstatic to say the least. You sent me the thing, and I was like, "Wait, is this real?" Because I said it like, when was he a free agent? Whenever he's before he signed with the Twins, I was like, he's coming to Tampa. He's gonna be a Ray, and he signed with the Twins. I'm like, he's gonna be a Ray still. I can tell. I didn't expect us to go after him this year, but I'm glad we did. He's a good addition. He's honestly probably the biggest name on our lineup. Like he's the most well known guy on our lineup. No, no one's gonna know. Maybe a Rosarena after everything that happened last year. But I, I think make a case for Austin Meadows too, possibly if he continues to improve. I mean, yeah, I mean he but was last year too. Glass now probably was a pretty big name too, but unfortunately we know what happened to him. Yeah, and I know you guys really could use him right now. But speaking nice. of pitching, I was really surprised about dealing Rich Hill. What were your thoughts on that? You know, honestly, I didn't even realize we traded him until I read it. <laughs> Until until I was reading the notes, 
And I was like, oh my God, I forgot we traded him to the Mets. And I, 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 th- I thought it was a cute story, like how we had him and Cruz, the two old guys, clubbing it out. I, he's a good pitcher. Like, he's always been reliable. Like, even when he was on the Dodgers, he was reliable. He was having a decent year. I mean, he the last couple of starts were shaky for him. Mm-hmm. But we all know why the Mets went after him, because all their pitchers are they're just flying like flies. Yeah. So they, they just need anyone that can pitch. They really do, because, like, they've had to rely on bullpen games in some yeah. of their games. Like, they had to start Aaron Loop in a game. And that so was the game they ended up blowing because they tried to rely on Edwin Diaz for a five-out save, and you can't yeah. always rely on that with a closer. That's the problem. And, and with you know, Edwin Diaz especially. And now, not to mention, Taiwan Walker has been struggling a bit since the end of the All-Star game. So they need more since production. Mike Zanino hit a home run off him. Mike Pineda? Since Mike Zanino hit a home run Or Zanino, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mike, nuts. Mike Pineda, that's a throwback. <laughs> sorry, I misheard. Yeah, that, that was my bad. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's really, it's going to be an interesting second half for the Rays. Now, I'm curious to know, what would you say your grade for the Rays front office was as for this trade deadline? Well, I mean, obviously there's going to be moves, I think. I I, I knew we weren't going to get him, but I would have loved to have landed Scherzer. I think a pitcher would have been nice, a starting pitcher, especially nice, because our bullpen's always been, the Rays bullpen's something that's always been Something of a like, what was the, the what was their nickname last year? It was a uh, thing with horses. I'm blanking on it, but but the cavalry I think or something or not. I don't it know. Was, it was, cow, it was uh, I don't remember what it was. Just stable. It was a stable. Stable. And they've always been good, but a nice starting pitcher. I knew we were going to get Scherzer because that was a. The, the Padres are just getting everyone. The Padres and the Yankees, this deadline, have just been like, yeah, we'll take them. But I would have liked to have seen a starting pitcher. I'm still hoping for Gibson. We'll see what happens. Now, now, what have your thoughts been about Wander Franco? He's been a big story coming up. He was the number one prospect. That was pretty cool seeing him get a big hit in his first game. That was – I loved seeing that – I still thought they were going to bring him up last year in the playoffs. Really? Yeah. I was hoping for it because he was on his Instagram. He kept like showing up with the team and I was like, oh my God, he's coming. And then they're like, oh, nope, he's not. And then the World Series is over. So, I, I mean, I was hoping it would be sooner. And I think he is one of the most talented players. I've just one of the young, talented players I've ever seen. Like he, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, no, he he's really good. He looks he's got a great swing. He has a beautiful- I'm really looking forward to seeing what he could do. Now, of course, I'm also pretty worried knowing as a Yankee fan, he could also be another one of those rays that's potentially yeah. a good one in a long line of Yankee killers. But, you know, when you see a good prospect with a lot of potential, it's always really cool. And um I got to talk to you about the Red Sox obviously because we know they have been Unfortunately, we have to talk about the Red Sox. Well, yeah, no. I mean, if we're going to talk about the Rays fighting for first place, obviously we can't do it without talking about the Red Sox. I mean, listen, as much as I hate to, like, praise them, they have been, you know, absolutely, like, 
I, what 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 can I say? They have that no never give up mentality. Every, every single game. Never, the, it's similar to the 2004 one. I was thinking more along the lines of 2013 because that team that was team. like overachieving all year. And by the way, let me give you a little comment right here. So this dude is a big Rays fan. He needs to go follow the Twitch streamer Coco Sports. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, but seems pretty cool if he's a diehard Rays fan. And hey, maybe another good Rays fan for you to talk to. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, that. no, back to the Red Sox. Yeah, they remind me a lot of the 2013 team in the sense that like, Nothing was expected of that team. Now, granted, this year, unfortunately, they're not dealing with quite the tragedy that happened to their city as they, as they did eight years ago. But still, it, regardless of how you feel, like, biased or not, it was an interesting story, even if you didn't exactly yeah. root for the outcome. But they have a lot of those, like, guys who may not necessarily be superstars, but they they get the big hits when needed. They don't rely on the home runs. The pitching much like the 2013 team wasn't it's overpowering. It's not overpowering, but it's, it's somehow performing like extremely well. Yeah. You have Nick Pavetta who was Pavetta's a Philadelphia a, cast off. He's been so good this year. Uh, it's, it's weird seeing him pitch so well. It's just, he needed to get out. He needed to get out of Philly. He found himself a new home and he's having a great year. And the guy that I think really gives them the spark Mm-hmm. Is Verdugo. I think Verdugo, I knew he was going to be a great player when he was on the Dodgers. Right. He's a fantastic outfielder. He's a fantastic mm-hmm. hitter. He knows how to play. It's, it's as much as I hate saying this, like they deserve first place right now. You can see why they're in first place. Yeah, no, for sure. And Nathan Uvaldi is another guy who's given them some quality starts. He's an, He's a Yankee cast off that I think I told you was yep. a very big mistake when Cashman let him go because, look, I know he was never an ace when he was with the Yankees, but I always saw that he had good stuff. He I always thought he could three, get four guy. He was I don't yeah. like depending on your rotation. He could he could fit in anywhere and he'd still give you a good game. And I'm convinced that if the Yankees had like kept him on the roster and still did a lot of the moves they made, like. I think very well they could have kept him. They could have probably won a World Series had they kept him. Or at the very least, they could have beaten the Red Sox in that 2018 series. I think maybe even but beating Houston. Maybe even beating Houston the next year. Maybe. All I know is he, he's another pitcher who really is thriving in Boston. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it, it just goes to show you they're, they're a really good, well-run organization, really fundamentally sound. and oh, they, they know what they're doing. They do. They're and, not playing around. And you should know because the guy who is their current GM, yeah. let's face it, he built your 2020 AL pennant winners. Yeah, 100%. So as, I, as much I, as I was nervous, they'd lose that series to Houston. Oh, that's that still gets me nervous. Like, right. that, oh. Like, just talking about it, I get goose, like, I got chills. I was like, oh, God, that, that again. So before I get into the trade deadline talks, I want to bring up another one of JR's comments. He says, breaking news, Terry no, Francona is stepping down. Wow. That's crazy. That's I mean, I don't know. The Indians were kind of up and down this year. They were never going to catch Chicago. No, nobody in that division is catching Chicago White Sox. Chicago is. White Sox are, are one of the teams that like are, is being talked about for the Al Pennant. That's crazy. I mean, Frank Conner, of all things considered, did a really good job for the Cleveland Indians. I think at this point, he's actually had a longer tenure with them than Boston, if you can believe that. 
I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's stepping down. ESPN just announced it. Yeah. yeah no, that's out. what is it with all these big news moves that have been happening lately? I have no See, idea. The baseball world is just like every sport is going on fire right now. Hockey trades, the Olympics, the draft is tonight. Deadline right here. We're getting a lot of Woj bombs too. If you're an NBA fan. Yeah. A lot. The so let right. me go over Francona's career with you. If you can believe this, he actually didn't win a manager of the year award until 2013, which was his first year with Cleveland. He actually led them. He, you, you may recall he led them in the playoffs. Obviously, your race beat them in the one-game playoff, but solid career. Unfortunately, his, his tenure with the Indians has been pretty snake bit. He had the 3-1 lead in the World Series, had the 2-0 lead against the Yankees in the Division Series, but Nonetheless, a great manager who I think will definitely be seeing a plaque in Cooperstown. And um, 100%. Yes, John, thank you. I appreciate you a lot. And um, <laughs> you know what? I think now it's time to get into the trade deadline. And we have a lot more comments that we got to get to. And there's a reason I saved them for a bit later. My buddy Tom Scavetta, the host and the head honcho of Review and Preview, and my co host of Big Blue Avenue during the winter, he goes, Anthony Rizzo, another gold chain wearing stallion. So I think obviously he's talking about the nationality of the two big acquisitions the Yankees just got. So today, as we obviously know, as I mentioned right at the beginning, the Yankees just got Anthony Rizzo from the Chicago Cubs. And yesterday, obviously, before I talk about that, I want to talk about Joey Gallo because the Yankees traded eight prospects to get this first base from Joey Gallo from the Texas Rangers, who we know is a good home run hitter. We know he's very versatile and as Andrew Hopper, my my buddy and the host of uh, Brew Party, another good YouTube channel you should probably check out. I think you'd definitely like him. He's a good hardcore sports fan with football, baseball, whatnot. Posts a lot of cool stuff. I think probably he will fit in. He's a good fielder. And let's face it, he's a left-handed bat that we have been sorely needing. And, you know, he, he definitely can be a good fit. My one issue is this guy strikes out a lot. Average. The average is pretty low. And... Like He's I'm not saying, king. yeah, no, that's why I'm not calling him the Ted William, the next like Ted Williams, if you know what I mean. I think no, I think it's a great addition. Like, I think that obviously he's going to strike out a lot. I mean, it's Joe Yallo, he's always had that. He's always had that home run strikeout kind of thing. It's never. It's always like, which one are you going to get? But I think that it's a great addition for you guys. Now Rizzo is the one that I'm. Did you, who did you trade for Rizzo? I don't think we gave up too much for him because if I remember correctly, he's going to be a rental. He's a free agent oh, after the oh, season. Right, right, and right. I'm not concerned about that at all because the Yankees, let's be real, they're going to be able to re-sign this guy after the season probably, assuming, assuming Cashman wants to, which I think he probably will. I don't think he's going to want to let this trade go to waste. But here's my thing about Anthony Rizzo. I like this one as well. Now, granted, I know... He's another one of those home run hitters. I'm not telling you guys he's going to be the next Tony Gwynn, Ted Williams. What he is, though, is a great first baseman, someone that will probably provide some stability to that position for, say, the next three to four years. What Rizzo also is, and we saw this in Chicago, he's a leader that the Yankees probably need. And let's face it, this team is one of those – this team has basically been kind of a rudderless ship in – hasn't really had much of an identity over the past like, year and a half, if you really think about it. So I think the Anthony Rizzo trade is really a bigger, real bigger 
addition than people realize. And we got another comment here from my good friend, Sam Cardona of the girl who talks sports, another channel you guys should subscribe to and check out if you haven't already. And if you have the chance, she goes, hi, Hank, does Rizzo and Gallo actually fix the Yankees at all? I feel like it's much more than just two people. I'm mm-hmm. glad you asked that, Sam, because I'm just about to get to that. I don't think it quite fixes the Yankees per se, because let's face it, it do- doesn't improve the lineup. Yes, absolutely. The lineup is definitely better. Is it more mixed? Yes. More left-handed, a little bit more variety. I like that. However, my issue isn't just the lineup. Then the fact that it's home run heavy. My issue is also the pitching staff. Because let's be a game with all offense. Yeah, no, I agree. Garrett Cole, as great as he's been for most of the season, he'll have those clunkers like he had today. And the fact that he's had a lot of his worst games against division rivals is very concerning. So I'm not going to be one of those Yankee fans that jumps the gun and starts planning for a Canyon of Heroes spread. And you know, from our conversations, I'm really not like that. It's, it's, it's more than, it's going to take more than just those two for the Yankees to really win the world series. And I've been saying it before this year, this week, there's a reason why there have been a lot of fans that have contemplate been contemplating being sellers and like blowing up the team. The team at, at best is probably going to be in the wild card. And I've also told you too, being a wild card team is a crapshoot because it only, and forget the starting pitching for a minute. Let's talk about the bullpen. I've said on this show numerous times, Aroldis Chapman is a gas can. Now don't get me wrong. He's had a lot of parts of the season where he's been absolutely nasty did you see that game two days ago? He threw 103 miles per hour fastball. He's he, he's filthy. He's great. When he doesn't have his stuff, that's when you got to be worried. Chad Green had a good stretch this year, but this year I think has probably been his worst year with the Yankees. And, you know, unfortunately that happens. That's the thing with, with good relief pitchers. They'll have those good years where they're really good, say, two to three years. But then, unfortunately, after a while, they start to implode, maybe because of overuse, maybe because teams start to figure them out. So the fact of the matter is this is, this is still a kind of a flawed team. Don't go planning any parade down the Canyon of heroes. I would say the same thing. The bullpen, you got to fix that. You got to fix the bullpen and you need to stabilize your starters. Your starters just got (laughs) to, no, no, I don't know. (laughs) No, I I I think they're staying there for a while. I mean, I, mean, I love the Orioles. Like, I really do. But I, I like Trey Mancini is one of my favorite players in the MLB right now. But I like Mullins too. Mullins is a stud. He's an absolute beast. But they, they, they got a lot more to work on. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. Marty, I love <laughs> that you come came back with this rebu- rebuttal. Marty Jones, by the way, go check him out. Also, he is the host of Intercept Your Lunch. Another good podcast. He is a hardcore fan of the Orioles and the Washington football team. I love that your comment and showing some pride in the Orioles. Hey, listen, it may take a bit of time, but I think the Orioles will eventually bounce back and start to get better. I like some of the pieces that they have. And, um, you know, Mancini has been, has been a great story. I low-key, no, not low-key, I high-key was hoping that he would win the home run derby That's against fair. Pete Alonso, But, you know, it is what it is. But, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe so. I mean, 
you know, the, the law of averages says anything that can happen will. That's all I'm going to say regarding that. Now, another big thing regarding the trade deadline, I have to ask you about the Mets. And obviously, one of the big things with the Mets this year has been their offense. Like, and or maybe lack thereof. Yeah. Like, it hasn't been consistent. Pete Alonso has been the one saving grace of that team. It's always been that way. It really has. Like, Especially with DeGrom pitching. They'll give him, what, two runs, three runs at most? And they'll be like, yeah, pitch a perfect game for us. We need it. Like, they, they rely on DeGrom so much. And then the batter, like, the, the, the hitting is, it's dead. They'll get maybe two runs. And then they'll lose the game three to two because the bullpen blew it up. Yeah, no, I think the Mets have been a team that, you know, hasn't quite done it much offensively. I mean... I feel like if they can get a Chris Bryant, maybe it can look like a Yoana Cespedes deal, you know? So who knows? I think I think Chris Bryant would make perfect sense for the Mets because I've been there for the past year and a half. You put him at third base, you can get it instantly improves your lineup. And then once Lindor comes back, you're gonna have a better lineup. Now I know you have your other your own opinions on Lindor. I know we've talked about how you're you were never a big fan of them signing him, but he can also, in addition to playing third base, he can play, like, the whole outfield, too. He can play everywhere, basically. Yeah, no, he doesn't even start third base anymore for the Cubs, either. They have that guy, Patrick Wisdom. Yeah. So, Mets right this field. week. Do you want to know a fun fact about the Mets, actually, this year? Yeah. They're 22-23 and 23 over the last 47 games. And they have been in first place this whole time. Do you know how much ground they've lost during that span? Well, everyone else is. Have they even lost anything? Nope. They're at the exact. They're up by the exact well, would, same amount of games. If Acuna is there, if Acuna is healthy, it's not even close. If the Braves are what they were in the beginning of the season, I think that's. I think the Phillies are going to win that division. And Jr. has another comment. He says Mets always a weird team. Always, always have been. Honestly, I don't disagree with that. But I'll tell you what, this year they've been luckier than in years past because, like you said, the Braves don't have Ronald Acuna this year. The Braves could very well still be a threat. You still have Freddie Freeman, but if they lose him, they're in even deeper trouble. They lost one of their star pitchers, too. I think the Phillies are winning that division. Oh, really? You you have the Phillies winning that division? If If the Mets fall apart. If the Mets keep yeah. coasting, if the Mets just coast for the rest of the season, I think they're fine. If if they fall apart, the team that this my my dark horse is the Phillies. Now it's interesting that you say that because we actually had a guest on our last show. We had a Red Sox fan by the name of Alec Walt of Down the Block Sports, who I may or may not be collaborating with tomorrow night, actually on a trade deadline video, but he. He basically said if the Phillies were smart, they would probably be making a deal to go after a Starling Marte. And, you know, I don't disagree with him on that. Isn't he? He's gone. No. who? Where did he end up going? He was in Oakland. Oakland, yeah. No. But would you agree that had they have gotten, say, a Starling Marte, it could have helped them? Or maybe a bullpen piece, too, because let's let's face it. Philly bullpen is just like – me, me, like I, I could be on the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen. Like it, it's always been, oh, the Phillies are up four to three in the seventh. Oh, they told their pitcher, 
It's over. <laughs> They're losing eight to four. Yeah, no, it's they've been dysfunctional, and you know, if they don't win this year, I'm going to be honest with you, that team is screwed. Girardi's on the hot seat if they don't win. If they don't do anything, I think I was confused when they hired Girardi. I mean, he's a great manager. Yes, but there, like. No, you want to know the move that confused me is them having Dave Dombrowski as their general manager. That also. Because I know he did well with the Tigers and the Red Sox, but he's in a much worse situation in Philadelphia than he was with Boston. At least when he was with the Sox, he inherited a really good farm system. Now with the Phillies, he has little to no farm system. And if you know his past track record, he'll he'll bury the farm to like improve his own team, yeah. you know? That's he he likes to do that. So I liked him in Boston. Yeah, no, he he was a shrewd and aggressive general manager. Now, unfortunately, that also kind of got him fired and led to them having to reboot a little bit. But he's had that success. The Phillies just aren't like in the same position to where the Red Sox are. That's the unfortunate truth. Uh, but I think the Mets shouldn't have a problem with their division. No, honestly, and- I think. As much as it pay, like I don't like the Mets because my family likes the Mets, so. Right. I think that they'll be fine. Though they might, they'll play who whoever wins the Central, which is the Brewers right now. Is it the yeah. Brewers? Yeah, it's the Brewers. Brewers are doing pretty well right now. The uh, Mets actually, I'll tell you this though. One other thing that's going to help them is they're getting back Carlos Correa from the IL or Carlos Carrasco rather. I was sorry. I was, I, you scared me, <laughs> Carrasco. I'm I'm getting my Carlos's mixed up, man. I'm, it's <laughs> It's been a whirlwind day with a lot of trade talk stuff. I'm I'm losing my marbles, buddy. Yep. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he was traded. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. But the the Carlos Carrasco, I believe he's making his first start this weekend. I think. Yeah, that's what I heard. So that could be a pretty big boost to their rotation. I think. I think they'll probably win the division. It might honestly take them. I think it'll take ninety games, maybe not even. So I, I have them winning. I don't think the Phillies are going to come back. The Nationals have pretty much flown the white flag. They're they're pretty much giving up all hope it's on. Sure gone. Yeah, no, and you know I'm glad we mentioned that because I think this is a perfect segue to get into probably the final topic we have for today. Because other than the trade deadline, there isn't really much going on, and we got like one hour to discuss stuff. So let's talk about the NLS because it's pretty wild. The Padres, as we've heard, just got Max Scherzer. Now, I don't know what they get, what the details are of this trade. It couldn't have been too much because that's another, that's another trade where they got like a rental. No, but getting with with the acquisition of Max Scherzer, do you think this automatically makes the Padres division champions, or are the Dodgers still too big of a threat in your eyes? No, I'm not. if I was a Dodgers fan, I wouldn't be worried. Okay, good. No, I, I agree with you, too. I, 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 number one, they've owned the man. They've owned the man for as long as he's been in Washington. Mm-hmm. All those playoff home runs against him, Turner owns him. I'm sure Bellinger can own him. Betts, that, that team is that's – the, that's what the Padres are trying to do. They're, yeah. trying, to, they're trying to be the Dodgers. And you can't beat it. You can't beat the Dodgers at that. <laughs> a ridiculous you know, money. To and then- paraphrase Moneyball, if 
if we try to beat the Dodgers in there, we will lose to the Dodgers out there. If you know the quote that I'm referencing from Moneyball. Yeah, no. Billy Bean saying if we try to beat the Yankees out there, we will lose to them. It's the same thing. It's like it's like if the Red Sox just just copied the Yankees and signed every big name guy. Like you can't beat you can't beat those two teams at that because they 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 just have the money to buy any. I mean, I respect that the Padres are actually making an effort and trying to like be someone to stop the Dodgers. I will give them that. Like I like the Giants more. Yeah, no, the Giants are are it's like the Giants are chopped liver. Like you, you remember my buddy Josh from uh, a couple years ago. Like he he will tell you the same thing. He he says the he saw the Giants being a threat this year. Now I don't know if he saw them being among the league leaders and wins this season at this point at the All Star game, but I talked to him many a time and he he explained why he thought the Giants were a threat and they're they're a team that doesn't really have too much superstars, but. Even in their good years, that wasn't the case with them. I, I think the Giants will probably still be in there. I don't know if they're going to win the division, but I don't see them well. winning the division. It'll be I think it'll be San Diego, San Francisco, maybe in the wild card. Yeah, it could be a California wild card to play the other California team. But I mean, I think that LA has that. That's LA. That's it's always going to be LA's division. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that the Dodgers are a legitimate threat. They're going to be amazing. They're they're going. It's going to be hard to take that title away from them. I really wouldn't be if surprised. They stay healthy. Oh, I don't. I think they're going to repeat. Yeah, for sure. And um, so that's really about all the topics that I had for you this week on heading for the cycle, Brody. It's been a lot of fun talking baseball with you. Always a pleasure, whether it be in real life or whether it be on yep. the show. Glad this finally happened. For sure. And, hey, if, hopefully one of these days you get a platform of your own. I think you'd be you'd do well with this. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about it. But like, anyways, I've been about it. But anyways, that is about all the time we have, folks. I'd like to give you a friendly neighborhood reminder. Please give us a follow on all of our phone forms of social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And, of course, please do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. You have watched another episode of Hitting for the Cycle. Next week, we will be doing a special Wednesday night edition. I know usually we're on Thursday, but due to plans in my schedule, I will be moving it to Wednesday. And we will be having Orioles fan Brady Reuter, who you might remember from earlier in the season on. That should be a lot of fun. But until next week, this is Hank and Dichter, and I will see you later.